Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is March 12th. It's a Tuesday. We're already rolling into this week, and today is also... I guess if there's a birthday's Eve, I know there isn't. Maybe we could create one and and keep the celebrations going. But it is Paul Clark's birthday tomorrow on the 13th. And he's been pulling together our page for us. And I guess yesterday or in January, it would have been four years that we had the page. And also the pictures and just reaching out to everyone whenever he can. And just so appreciated. Just wanted a shout out to Paul and also to just, you know, every one of us has done something and it just, this group, this crew, this show, all of it, there's just so much love. I'm, I just, I'm so grateful for everybody. And also um, I did want to update you guys before we get started on today's show about Marco's family. Um, I had met his brother obviously through email and, And it turns out his mom, every week he was meeting with his mom and they were talking about the book on, on Saturdays. And now she writes me and I've gotten to know his family and she writes me to tell me she has a picture of him smiling on her fridge and it's really, really difficult. I mean, she just misses him to pieces and, and they had a friendship as well as being a mother and a son. And she said, but I feel him all the time. And I know he's here with me. And um, it just, it's so beautiful to hear a mother's love for her son. And, you know, of course, we never expect to miss or lose our children before we leave. That's not the expectation in life. But they also had a beautiful friendship. And I did a show last week called The Eleven golden rules of relationships. And a lot of it was truly such a focus around respect for the other soul, listening to the other soul, being patient with the other soul. So I thought, well, that was 11 rules of a golden relationship. And so I thought I'd probably have 10 or 11 for a friendship. So of course, I asked Christ. And I was like, okay, let's, let's go on to like friendships. Because friendships are really different than relationships. Sometimes a person will tell their friend something before they'll tell their partner. And then they'll tell their partner, unless partners are also friends the way Marco and his mom were. Even though they had the relationship of mother and son, they were also friends. So when we, somebody is also friends, What does that mean? Because friends, they do last a lifetime. They are different. Friendships are different. They can outlast relationships. They can follow people for the duration of their entire life. Friendships can follow people. So how is it that they stand the test of time? Because friends, good friends, they're a witness. They're a witness to your life, 
to everything you think and they listen to you. It just goes on and on, the list of when people say, this has been my friend for 30 years. We know what they're talking about. So the first thing that Christ says is patience. Not to have patience with each other the way we say in a relationship. You do have patience with each other. You have the patience to ride things out. You say, let's see what happens. You don't demand that they fix it right now. And everything they say, they don't get in trouble for because it made you mad or hurt your feelings. You have a different kind of patience. You understand that they already love you. They don't have to be your friend. But you have patience with each other, with their processes, with what they're going through. You get filled in. You can wait in between. So there's already a first change. Just even saying that, we all know what that means. <laughs> when we're in a relationship, it's hard to have patience because you're with the person in a different way every single day. But if you're friends with your partner, you will have that patience. You'll say, hey, let's see how that turns out. Let's going. Two, you listen differently. You listen not needing to cut them off because with friendship, there's a different kind of energy exchange. There's one where you both know you're bringing something to the relationship that the other one is interested in because we know each other's interests that well. I have gotten into a situation many, many times I was with people who were friends for many years and they have known each other in such a specific way that sometimes they may tell me something and the other person will turn around and go, how did you, I never, wait, you never told me that. Said, yeah, you know, we just never really talked about that far back in our past or what we want to do in the future. I ran into a couple who, when they were having dinner with us, They've been together for three or four years. And one talked about what they would like to do work-wise in their future. And the other one said, wow, we never talked about that. That's so cool. And you could see that the friendship of the relationship developing. Because that patience with each other to allow the other person to live the life they came here to live. Because that's when we have trouble is when we tell the other person what to do if one of us needs that kind of control, how to act, how to feel. And if we don't do it together, something's wrong with you, not with me. Um, That kind of stuff, that doesn't exist here because we have patience and we do listen. We don't, we don't see them 24 hours a day. When we go to bed, we go to bed without them. So we listen, and then we know we may see them in a day or two or talk on the phone. There will be some intersection, some energy exchange, but the patience and the listening is always there. The other thing we do is we respond. If a friend comes to us and says, hey, I need help with this or with that, a lot of times we will drop everything to help them because they don't ask us every day. So we know if they're asking us, they really need help. 
really interesting how differently we view the same things because we trust that our friendship will always be there. We also trust our relationships will, and sometimes that's why we don't take care of them, which is, which is something I, I work really hard to turn around in relationships. For you made a choice to live with. Don't take them for granted. Keep the kind of respect you have in the beginning alive. In the beginning, you'll be conscious of it in a relationship. Then it will become normal. But in a friendship, it already exists. In the seven things, Christ does not say to respect the other person. Because with friendships, we just do that. And it was Maureen Book who asked me to do a show on friendship. And I didn't even think of the differences until she asked. And I said, I should. At first I thought, well, it would be just like relationships. And it turned out it's not at all. Some people have friendships that last for years and they only communicate you know, every month, maybe less, maybe more, but they consider themselves having a friendship. Go by and they know each other and never, there's never anything that they pick on the other person for. And there's a reason for that, and that's number seven, which I'm getting to. But the other thing in friendships that exists that doesn't exist anywhere else is you actually feel free to say no. I know in relationships, we do it as well. But with a friendship, we just say, oh, you know what? I I really don't think I want to go there. Or I'm completely not interested in that event. I'm so sorry. Oh, could you please, in a relationship, I don't want to go alone. In a friendship, it'd be like, oh, okay, I'll ask Sally to go. But I wanted to ask you first. That's how fast that happens. But you're free to say no. And the things you say yes to, if you do it regularly to those very things, those are the things that become a marker of your friendship. Oh, we love going to concerts together. Or, oh, we love going out to eat at new places. We're always scouting a new place. And, you know, you start figuring all that out. It's really kind of cool how these fine line differences, if applied to a relationship, will give that relationship the foundation of friendship. Five, and it sounds like you're going through this pretty quickly, right? We have patience, we listen, we respond, we're free to say no. And number five is we can ask for anything from a friend. They hold our body of our deepest feelings and our secrets, whatever our secrets may be. They become our safe place once we start sharing secrets. We start feeling freedom. And we also start, once we've said those secrets, able to share them with our 
internal world. Like, oh, yeah, that did happen when I was younger. Or, oh, yes, I really, really don't want to, you know, take part in certain kinds of activities. Oh, ask Sally. She knows everything. They become our confidants because we can ask for anything. And the reason we can ask because they know everything. Sometimes even if we just need to cry something out and not need anyone to try to fix it for us, we would go to a friend. Because if we got the family involved, it may be too taxing on the family. But with a friend, you can just cry it out, leave it there, and go home. And then you get to have your your sense of alone time, which starts to tell you how important that is. And your time that you share. And number six, to go along with number five, is that you can do nothing and be okay. You don't put on the other person that they have to entertain you to keep you happy. You're already happy. Even if they came over just to see you, there was nothing on the agenda. You weren't going to do anything. You had no plans. And they come over and you decide to whip up a million things in the kitchen, watch an old movie, go for a walk, go out, go shopping. It doesn't matter. Do nothing or not have plans and still be happy. It started as we went through this list, especially when I got to number seven, which we did not get to yet. I really thought about married couples are going through that first list for the seven or 11 golden rules. It's like seven eleven, right? Or eleven seven. But going through this list of friendship and seeing where the two of you are. Do you have patience? Do you listen? Do you respond? Are you free to say no? Can you ask anything? Can you do anything or nothing? Both. But number seven, and probably you figured this out, especially if you've been listening for a long time, but no expectations. None. We have no expectations on our friends. And for that reason, we can stay there forever. Expectations ruin everything. And I know people start splitting hairs with me and they say, but if I didn't expect, I wouldn't do this and I wouldn't do that. That just motivates you. But I talked to someone yesterday, and he runs a company, very smart man, very, like, I want to say schooled, schooled in life, as well as educated, runs a company. And he said to me, I don't know why I have fear. I'm scared to try something new because he's gotten so good at what he does. He hasn't really stepped out of his spot. And I'm a friend. He was scared to tell his wife that he was scared to try something new. So 
so high of him. His title is so big that what happened to him and what happens to him is he does not want to fail in his family's eyes. So he came to me to say, why do I feel scared? I never usually scared of anything. And if I were scared of anything, I wouldn't have been able to start this company and do all of these great things. But boy, this just snuck in out of nowhere. What just happened about it? And I said, oh, you've got expectations slapped all over it. You forgot how hard you worked to build the company that you built and the chances that you took because it's been old hat for a long time now. And now that you want to start something new, you have the drive. But as you've gotten older, it's not even about the money. You can invest the money and not, if you lost all that money, you'd still be fine. But what happened was you started getting viewed in your mind as someone who can do no wrong. And you just want the leeway to be able to take a chance and see which way it goes without any expectation of what you will do. Part of him, you know, sometimes you can work on these things silently until you build them up. But that's still responding to fear. So the fact that we had no expectations from each other, if his company, you know, goes through the roof or not, I can just listen and respond and have patience with his decisions and process. And I feel free to say, hey, I wouldn't go that way, but I would go this way without him thinking, well, don't you think I'm capable? Because couples would say that at times. But friendships don't. Friendships say, we'll try it out and see what it feels like. If you feel like you can continue and build a path down that road, then keep going. If you feel like you can't, then step back and reassess. I know couples who can do that, and those are couples who have friendships. Tendency, not you're my boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife, so you need to do this for me. Otherwise, you don't love me. You don't say that in a friendship. So as we talked about it, he was able to ask me anything. Even things, obscure things that he read about different philosophies and different things, asked me anything. We did not have to do He did not even have to come to me. We can do nothing about it. I could have just listened because we don't have expectations of each other, from each other, towards each other. Expectations have a way of separating friendships from how we view relationships. My husband would never do that. My partner would never do that. It goes on and on and on with the expectation. 
And until I wrote this this morning, and with all the stuff we've said all these years, and all the stuff we've talked about, I did not realize this a dividing line. And I know there was a time when we talked about expectation quite a bit. I remember. And then we kind of just figured we already knew that and went on. But boy, was today a day to revisit that. And so then I thought I took it a step further. And I said, what about a friendship to ourselves? When we expect stuff, we get impatient, we call ourselves names, we get hurt, we get angry. And when we tell ourselves things like, hey, I know I've been interested in this for a while. I know starting it was going to mean a little bit of risk for me, but I'm willing to take the risk. The outcome isn't going to matter as much as me really wanting to try this. That kind of talk. Big movement, just an entirely different energy, changes your life with yourself. Giving value to what you think and what you feel and what you want is different than giving judgment or slapping expectation on something you know nothing about yet. So then I started to think how silly expectation was. Like, how, why do we even do that? Why do we slap an outcome, a perceived outcome, on something and then drive ourselves nuts trying to get that one outcome? Because what actually happens is we start to miss all the other outcomes we could have had because we can only see one. And then it showed me how narrow-minded expectations are. And they are narrow-minded. And it's a very skinny road. And it's a road we all try to fit on. So it gets crowded. Somebody who expects a lot of us, not that we don't live up to it. They may affect us in one way or another and then probably ultimately make us more aware of achieving things. But the way we get there is the issue. It's the expectation. We tend to run away from people who expect too much from us because the pressure actually gets in the way of how we do things. And it gives us less room for error, less room to do something that can even be greater. Because if there's a lot of expectation, you're going to do at least what's expected. But is that all you're going to do and say, well, they got what they want and walk away? Can you imagine people who did research? They they don't say, and if it doesn't work out, I'm never going to try again. Their whole job is to keep trying or until they find. And that doesn't have to do with expectation. That has to do with the lack of expectation. I'm going to try this. We'll see if it works. And then if it doesn't, 
we can try it this way. And if it doesn't, we can try it that way. But you won't even know the second or third or fourth or fifth way to try it. You won't even know until you do it the first way. But if the first way is the only time you're going to do it, say it doesn't work or it does, you just shut your world down to one outcome that didn't work and now you're not revisiting. Expectation coming at you from another person is usually one of the biggest reasons I've seen people run. When someone starts trying to tell you pretty early on in your friendship, the relationship part, because without the friendship, the relationship's going to have a hard time lasting. But if someone from the start, you start seeing that, well, you aren't doing things the way I like you to do them. Just hearing that makes me cringe. Oh, maybe we're not right for each other, so then you conform and you do it so that you will be right for each other. If your own self-worth isn't intact. But when our self-worth is intact and somebody starts throwing a lot of expectation at us, we say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I wanted to share my life with someone, but I didn't want to give it to them. Because you fell in love with the whole me. Do you really want me to be you so that you can love me? That's not loving me. That's expecting me to fill a slot. Expectation, expectation, expectation. It just is crazy how much pressure that can put between two people and it's invisible but it is not intangible when the energy of that is there it's really really hard very hard for both people to get an emotional intimacy that exists in friendship an emotional intimacy is far greater than even physical intimacy, ultimately. Because physical intimacy will come and go in life or in a relationship. It gets, you know, it ebbs and flows because we're people. But emotional intimacy, that's where you breathe all the way to your toes and come back up again. And when you have these factors in a friendship, that friendship is allowed to breathe. The energy exchange is respectful. Ultimately, all of these things are a quiet form of respect with another human being. And we all know it when it's there. Some of us have parents like that. Some of us have friends like that. Some of us have relationships like that. But wherever we have these factors, we have a friendship. Sometimes we have it with children. 
there are many children of my friends that I have these factors with. And I didn't even realize until I was writing them out how critical we are to each other when we give each other space to grow. Trusting that the other person can manage their lives just the way they managed their lives before they ever got to me. And then by the time they got to me, that's how I fell in love with them and really wanted to get them closer and know more about them and enjoy them. If you just don't forget that alone, that what they did all their life drew them to you, that will give you the confidence to let them be who they need to be. You guys, I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.